from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Undoubtedly, one name that is cemented in the lights is Jalen Hurts. And there's this question being bantered around right now of whether the Eagles should have any hesitation on giving him massive money. But what if I told you the massive money they handed out in the wrong way actually makes it easier to hand the money out right now to Jalen Hurts? It's fact. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Let me say loudly and clearly, Harry, that Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts are not the same player. We'll get to that in just a second. But here's my thing. If any single person, analyst, fan, anybody, is looking at the Eagles situation saying, well, you can't give huge money in that uh, to Jalen Hurts because look what happens when you gave it when you gave it to Carson Wentz. Everything fell apart. The answer to that is no, it didn't. They gave massive money to Carson Carson Wentz, and they managed to get out of it. So if I'm the Eagles organization, I have no hesitation about throwing massive bags of cash at Hurts because I know I can sign a contract, and even if it's a bad one, I can get out of it. There's no reason that that past history doesn't impact the way they look at Jalen Hurts right now in a positive way to give that man his money. And I'll tell you, two people I actually trust right now when it comes to paying someone or or letting someone go or trying to get rid of a contract is – Jeffrey Lurie, and also Howie Roseman. Those guys showed me with that Carson Wentz deal that they are able to get something off their hands and uh, basically understood that they made a mistake, right? But let's talk about the two players, and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. If anybody wants to compare the two, it's like comparing apples to oranges in my eyes because you have, number one, a guy in Carson Wentz that struggled to, to grab the locker room, that struggled to perform on the football field versus a Jalen Hurts who's beloved by his teammates, is a leader in all in, in every uh, shape, form, or fashion that you want to decide, decide it in, a guy that went out there and performed at a very, very high level, and I'm going to continue to mention this, a guy that had to calm his coach down on the sideline when his coach was trying to troll people uh, across the sidelines of the opposing team that's the guy that you want Jalen Hurts two different quarterbacks two different personalities two different type of leaders and I'll say this Jalen Hurts should not be mentioned in the same sentence as Carson Wentz. Uh, facts. He's screaming right there. He's Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, Tiger Woods in action right now. We will keep you updated. He's at the Genesis Invitational. Live feature group coverage is available as we speak on ESPN+. Plus. So you can go out there, open it on ESPN+, Plus, and then like just mute it. Keep listening to us. Uh, he, is a, he is currently uh, one under. So we'll keep you updated as uh, as. He continues this round of golf, obviously. But part of the conversation and part of the reason we're having this conversation about Jalen Hurts is because Howie Roseman, Eagles GM, has made it very clear that a contract extension is going to get done. This is what he said about the contract extension. We want to keep our best players here for the long term, and um, he's certainly one of our best players. So um, that's some we'll, we'll keep all the contract talks internal, but um, we definitely would like to keep Jalen Hurts here long term. 
One of the interesting things to me about you know life, if you've got a friend that, that is terrible with money and that, that constantly gets themselves in debt, well, that becomes a problem. But if you've got that friend that always finds a way to get themselves out of trouble, they don't mind getting into trouble. You know, Just in life in general, if you're always able to find a solution, you're willing to back yourself into a corner more and more and more. You'll take risk you wouldn't take otherwise because you're comfortable with it. I look at the previous contract with Carson Wentz as a risk that the Eagles took, and they were wrong about it. But instead of it becoming some cautionary tale about why you can't sign a quarterback early, the Eagles can look at it and say, no, the cautionary tale here is sign the quarterback early, get ahead of the market, make sure that you don't have to up your your value on it, and even if you have to swing some trades to get out of that, you can do that. What they've lived through in the past only should make them more comfortable just writing massive checks to Jalen Hurts because they've gotten out of it with Carson Wentz, but then also to your point, Harry, Jalen Hurts is just flat out better than Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz's shadow should not be any part of the conversation of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is that dude. Carson Wentz, we seen last year with the Washington Commanders, get benched. And he was sacked, I think, over seven times in the first matchup versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, when they played the second time around versus the Washington Commanders, it was not Carson Wentz at the helm. It was Taylor Heineke, right? That's how bad, that's how much that the Washington Commanders and their faithful didn't believe in Carson Wentz. They started him at the end of the year last year, Fitz. And a lot of people were saying, why would Ron uh, Rivera do this? Why would Riverbird Ron go back to Carson Wentz? He went out there and stunk up the place again. So in my eyes right now, Carson Wentz is a backup quarterback far from being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Jalen Hurts is a leader of a franchise and a guy that you want to be the face of it. Well, and at some point, you also just have to acknowledge the differences in in people and players. It's one of the reasons when we start talking about the draft, I have a hard time when somebody wants to lump in, well, uh, you know, quarterbacks from Ohio State haven't been successful. Well, that has nothing to do with C.J. Stroud. Nothing at all, right? Like, he's a totally different person. Uh, You know, if every girl you've ever dated has been crazy, at some point, you have to accept that maybe the girl you're dating now isn't crazy. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to get into a relationship. Like, the Eagles at this point know exactly what they have at the quarterback position. Now, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, was on GetUp, and he doesn't necessarily agree with what I'm saying. He has some reasons why he thinks the Eagles could hesitate. Philly fans are going to just hate when I bring this up. I'm just saying that for the past several years, anytime we're talking about signing a quarterback after their third year, we always use one cautionary tale, and that is Carson Wentz. And that is the precedent that we're talking about right now when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Will Howie Roseman sort of get a little bit nervous about the idea of doing this deal earlier? Now, I know that Jalen Hurts feels like he is ascending in a way perhaps different than Wentz was when he signed that deal. But Wentz, by the way, received the most guaranteed money in NFL history at that point when he signed that deal. So I know revisionist history might suggest well, they made a mistake by doing that with Wentz, but at the time they didn't feel like they had. But I, I think no, that's no, 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 Fitz. See, see, when I think about Jalen Hurts, you want to know some of the things that that come to my mind. Purpose. He knows his purpose. He has perspective. He faced adversity. He's appreciative of everything that's went on in his life and everything that he has within his life. That, that those things aren't Carson Wentz to me. They just aren't. The debate has been so wildly different. If you if we think back to the way there were so many debates about Carson Wentz and how elite he was, those debates are so different 
with Jalen Hurts. It, the funny thing is nobody is sitting here right now doubting whether or not Jalen Hurts can be an elite franchise quarterback, and they were with Carson Wentz. The doubt right now from some people is whether or not you can pay him uh, transcendent, oh my God, money. But uh, you know, for me, one if one's true, then the other's true. If you have your guy, he's going to cost you transcendent, oh my God, generational money. And it has been proven time and time again this season they have their guy. So when you add the fact that they know they have their guy, when you add the fact that Howie Roseman is saying, we want to keep great players here, and you add that all to the fact that they made a contract mistake in the past and it didn't change their future in a way that they couldn't rebound from, I think all of it is just living, breathing proof that a deal this summer is going to get done with uh, with Jalen Hurts, and it's going to be for a wild amount of money. All right, we'll keep breaking down the Jalen Hurts situation, but what if I told you the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because somebody ran the wrong play. We'll explain it to you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. I told y'all at the beginning of the week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. It's the best feeling in the world, man. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. I mean, if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. and Harry, the podcast. Ooh, let's get it. Let's get it. Back pedals at the 20. He's going to take off. Takes off. And his swine's out there. That's Sky Moore near the 50. You're going to Chiefs as the AFC champion. We actually messed up the formation a little bit, but we were able to you still utilize the play, just to how the play worked. And I think y'all saw me like look to the right first and look back to the left because uh, the sky was probably supposed to be on the other side. Shotgun snap, back pedals and throws a pass wide open, spinning catch five into the end zone, Sky Moore. He's able to do the motion and, and get in the end zone. And so uh, at the end of the day, uh, touchdowns, first touchdowns will be in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's going to be a memory he can have. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Westwood 1 and 106.5, the Wolf on the call there. But if I told you a wrong route led to a Super Bowl touchdown, I just can't even, I just can't even fathom that. Like when you're sitting there looking at the chef's kiss known as the Kansas City Chiefs offense, knowing as you just heard that Sky Moore was in the wrong spot and it turned into a touchdown for the Chiefs, kind of makes me sick. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The hell do I know about being an NFL wide receiver? Nothing, but my co-host certainly does. Did you ever score a touchdown, Harry, where you were lined up in the wrong spot at the snap of the ball? No, but I will tell this. I had a few big plays, uh, two instances that I had. I remember we were playing down in New Orleans when I was still with the Atlanta Falcons, and Julio was supposed to be outside. I was supposed to be in the slot, and we had a screen called. And uh, I was trying to switch with him because I knew the the play was supposed to go to him, and he was like, man, forget it. Never mind. Just get it. And I took it for about 35, 40 yards and set us up in the position to actually win that game down in New Orleans. The other case I had is when I was in Tennessee, and I don't mind saying his name, Dorio Green Beckham. We had a play named after him, right? And he was supposed to go to a particular side. He decided to come out of the huddle wrong, and I was yelling and screaming trying to tell him to go to the other side. He didn't hear me. He lined up on the side that I was supposed to line up on. I said, I'm praying that he runs the route that I'm supposed to run because I'm going to run his route. 
Well, that's not what happened. He ran the wrong route and it derailed the entire play. And that, it, it, those are my two cases that I had with that. But I was always taught by coaches, if you're going to line up in the wrong spot, know what the hell you are doing. <laughs> know, know every single spot on the field so you don't derail or mess up the play. I, well, it's funny to me because NFL Films has released a bunch of footage from the Super Bowl, not the least of which, by the way, was a very clear angle of the hold that's been super controversial. But what I did think uh, the the hold was controversial, the very clear angle, not controversial at all. But what I thought is funny is that they released some footage of uh, Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes just sort of reacting on the sideline. And I, it made me think at the time, every, anybody that's ever played any like rec league gym basketball, you've got somebody on your shot. When the shot goes up, somebody on your team, everybody's like, no, no. No, 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 and then it goes in. You're like, ah, keep shooting. Like it, it feels like that's that moment where you go to the sideline, and on the one hand, you want to tell somebody, hey, uh, wrong, wrong position, wrong route, wrong something, but it scored a touchdown. So I just don't even know how you handle that at that point. Well, well I would say this: uh, when I was in Atlanta, we went to the no huddle and two minute offense a lot, right? Because Matt Ryan was just so good at deciphering defenses and getting us into the right play. And there were times where, like, if you hit a big play and, a, and we weren't supposed to switch sides, the only uh, person that was supposed to switch in no huddle is the slot or the tight end when you switch the strength of the call or you go to a three-by-one instead of a two-by-two two set uh, formation, right? So let's just say the Z receiver that's lined up on the right-hand side, he catches the ball all the way on the left-hand side. Well, if the X receiver sees that, instead of making the Z receiver run all the way to the right side of the field, just go over to the right side of the field to relieve him and give him a breather. The only flip side of that is that you now have to know everything on that X side or everything on that Z side in which in no huddle you should know anyway because at any given time you could be the backside receiver. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, that, that was dope between us. And that's what I love about being in the same group with Devin Hester, Roddy White, Julio Jones is because we can alternate like that without having a drop off because we knew the offense that well. Well, and, and okay, so that speaks to familiarity. That speaks to comfort. That also speaks to communication. And it's yep. interesting to me because I live by the phrase better to be lucky than good. I say it all the time. Like, you know, obviously you want to be good, but uh, it, you got to get a little lucky in life. When you've got a wide receiver lined up in the wrong spot, running the wrong route, and it turns into a touchdown, there's a little bit of luck to that. But there's also just a little bit of what makes ma that offense so particularly magical is that you got a quarterback that's able to get back there, realize that things are going the wrong way, but still find a way to make the most of it. Not every quarterback can do that. Not every wide receiver. I like even if Sky Moore doesn't realize he's making a mistake, it still takes some awareness from Mahomes in that situation to be like, all right, this is a mistake, but I think we can make chicken salad out of you know what in this situation. Like that takes some level of comfort and communication that not every team has. And here's the flip side of that too. You know how many plays are made off of guys doing the wrong thing? where coaches go back in the room, meeting room, it, it, some things may happen on the practice field, some things may happen in the games, and coaches may go into the meeting rooms and say, hey, we have a new play in, and it's because someone ran the wrong route. So coaches do at the same time come up with new plays and, and new things for them to do offensively when people mess up and run the wrong things, but they run them full speed to the point to where it, it looks good, so they now add it to, to their playbook. I mean, that is that is only wildly hysterical to me because it's amazing how like a mistake can turn into 
into that. Now, that being said, when we talk about coaches and we talk about the Chiefs and, and you know, a Sky Moore mistake, we can make a lot of jokes about it. Uh, we can also talk about the fact that Patrick Mahomes is so great. But these are the little things that seem to sort of uh, turn into big things when there's a conversation about Eric Bieniemy. And I know we've talked a little bit about it, and people have heard a lot about Eric Bieniemy over the last few days. But, you know, now that we're sitting here in a cycle where Eric Bieniemy may be going to another team, I think that just tells you how little credit people want to give Eric Bieniemy in the success of the Chiefs. And I don't know that I can totally understand that. I mean, the the thought that somebody would have to make what is at best a lateral move. I mean, uh, the commanders were interviewing him for their offensive coordinator position. Uh, he's looking at the possibility of changing teams. It's wild to me to think that somebody particularly talented uh, and, and good at his job, obviously, is going to have to go somewhere else in a lateral move just to prove that he's part of the success. And that, you know, if he goes to the commanders, it's a huge win for Washington, but it also is just, it's, it's a huge statement about the system if that has to happen. Yeah, the system is is tarnished in my eyes. You look at a guy in Eric Bieniemy since he became the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, they're, they're just about first in every category offensively, and they've been phenomenal. They lose Tyreek Hill this season. Um, Patrick Mahomes had to become a better quarterback, all-around quarterback, and, you know, diversify the football to different guys and not just lock in on two guys. And, and Eric Bieniemy was able to help him with that transition. He should not be having to go interview to somebody for an offensive coordinator job. He should only be doing interviews. And quite frankly, I feel like the interview process for, for head coaching jobs should, should still be going, uh, be, go, be going on. He should be a head coach already right now. But for a guy – who, who has meant so much to Kansas City and meant so much to the growth as well uh, of Patrick Mahomes, it, it's just sad to see because no one had these questions about Doug Peterson when he was the OC. No one had these questions about Mac Nagy when he was uh, the OC um, in Kansas City. But all of a sudden when Eric Bieniemy gets there and Andy Reid is still there, there's questions about who's calling the plays, who's doing what. It makes no sense to me, and I feel like it's just a cop-out to not put him in a position to where he's a head coach. He's been interviewed 16 times by 15 teams. Seven of the coaches hired instead of him have already been fired. And you just think about what that means. Now, Sky Moore, who we were just talking about that ran the wrong route, was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max this morning. This is what he said when he was asked why Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. Man, that's my dog. I, that was my. Uh, I just had an exit meeting with him. Uh, I think was it a couple, yeah, a couple days ago. He was my last one. I was in there for like an hour and a half. That coach, Coach Eb, man, he's he's a big reason of why we do what we do over here. He's, he just sets the he kind of like sets the culture over here, and 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 it doesn't it doesn't get talked about enough. I feel like so. I feel like he he definitely deserves a head coaching spot, and. When it will come, I don't know, but it definitely should be on the way for sure. It's interesting because for Eric Bieniemy to get the shot that I think he's already earned, he's going to have to go to Washington and he's going to have to make the most with a franchise that has very rarely been able to make the most of anything. And in the same breath, the Chiefs are going to have to get worse. Think about that. Like if the Chiefs don't get worse, then people are going to find a way. Like that's wild. Like I'm putting my hands over my face right now because – it's just mind-boggling to me for a guy who is a two-time Super Bowl champion, has been the offensive coordinator the last few years, or more than few years for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he has to go somewhere else to get a head coaching job when other people who've been in that same position didn't have to do the same thing. Can we make it make sense? to Because it don't make sense to me. No. It, do, it just doesn't, bro. None of it makes sense. And if I'm 
the Washington Commanders right now, and I'm talking to Eric Bieniemy. The first thing I'm doing if he signs there is I'm talking to a coach. Uh, I'm talking to a quarterback, and I'm going to somebody and saying, "Hey, you want to play with a good set of skills uh, players? You want to play with some weapons around you, and you want to play with the, the coach that has been, you know, part of the entire culture we've seen in Kansas City." Like that becomes if we're talking about quarterbacks trying to figure out where they want to play, that becomes a huge part. Oh, here, go, here, here goes another one because I know a lot of people want to throw about throw, throw, throw out there that his his past right if y'all only knew owners in this league in the past that they have general managers that are are gms right now the past that they have some head coaches and other coaches on coaches staff staffs in the past that they have you you would be surprised well we're willing to gloss over the past of several players just because it, it helps win super bowls so you know it's a it's a strange part of that conversation not strange and, and, but- and not and not excusing anything that happened in his past i'm just saying He's not the only one that's uh, that's in a coaching position or an ownership uh, position or GM position that has had a past. Yeah, well, it is. And there's a way to handle all of that. Like, you you can handle all of it directly to the world in a very real way from the outset and, and be upfront and honest about it. One of the weirdest things about all of this to me is that we never hear any details in general on why he's not getting jobs we never hear any specifics from the teams that are passing him over we never hear rumors we never hear and like it is managed to stay so tight-lipped that's part of what makes this whole process uncomfortable not uncomfortable is tiger woods in action right now at the genesis invitational live feature group coverage is available on espn plus he's still one under we'll keep you updated on where he falls on the leaderboard but you can watch it on espn plus as we speak fitz and harry presented by progressive insurance drivers who switch and save with progressives save nearly 700 bucks on average we'll continue to break down all the nfl news you need but two nba stars have put it in a position to play a little game called who do you believe that's next fitz and harry on espn radio and the espn app ESPN insider Adrian Wojnarowski saying the Phoenix Suns are nearing a blockbuster deal to bring in Nets star Kevin Durant. Just a remarkable deal for the Suns. He wanted to come in and make a splash, and he's done it. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I stand here today proud and happy to introduce number 35 for the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. I knew this would be a a great place to play and a great place to continue to get better as a player. I want to put good stuff on film every day. That's that's the only thing I'm concerned with at this point in my life. They built themselves up and built the structure and the infrastructure up for themselves already, and I'm looking forward to adding to it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Going to be setting the mood for this Friday show. Presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Throughout the course of the next several hours, we're going to give you plenty of jams to try and set up your Friday night. That's all I got, Harry. That's as far as I can go whispering. Uh, speaking of date nights, by the way, uh, shameless plug to a local thing here in Hartford I want to tell everybody about. I went to a place called Gather 55 uh, that's a restaurant up here, 
And what's cool about it is it's a pay what you can restaurant. So local like renowned chefs, they cultivate this whole menu, right? And so they put together this price fixed menu for a three course meal. Like the food is incredible. Some of the best food I've ever had in Connecticut. But what's cool about it is that if you can't afford to pay for the meal, you can send them a note like a day in advance. Nobody knows anybody in the restaurant who's on the pay as you go. If all you can give is a dollar, then all you can give is a dollar. And that's all they make you give. If you just want to donate your time, you can donate your time. And then their hope is that more people will come in and pay the full price, which keeps them open and allows them to help on the weekends as a shelter for food insecurities and people all over Connecticut that have a hard time finding great ways to eat. So I would suggest everybody, if you're looking for a date night idea tonight, go out to Gather 55 if you're in the Hartford area, because it's a really cool thing to uh, allow people to feel valued in that process and be able to go out and have a really cool meal. So I just wanted to promote that quickly, Harry. Uh, cool cause, cool people, cool doing cool things. Hopefully it gives back to the community. In the meantime, uh, I'm sitting there last night. I'm hosting Sports Center on Snapchat, and you know how much I, I love drama. You know that, Harry. But I heard uh, Kevin Durant speak, and all I wanted to do the whole time was just kind of yak. Like, this this whole, he finally talked. We all got to hear it. Everybody got to see it. This was his reaction. Uh, he was asked what his reaction was, I should say, to Kyrie asking for a trade. This, Harry Douglas, is what he said. I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization, so I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court, and uh, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. Uh, his game, he's a Hall of Fame player, a great, great player that can do everything on the floor, and we relied on that. So without him, we didn't have a clear identity. So that was tough for me to stomach, and, and I love playing with those guys throughout the year. I felt like we had dudes that were stepping up and doing stuff that they didn't do on their previous team. So I enjoyed everything about it. And it was tough to not finish the season. But, um, you know, I just tried to move forward as quickly as I can and try to figure something out for myself, but also still focus on trying to rehab and get back. So it all happened so fast, but I'm glad it worked out this way. My only question for you, Harry, is it was a couple of weeks or a week ago that we heard Kyrie say that he and KD have been talking for months about what their future was going to be. And so he's just glad he gets out of Brooklyn. And then KD says, well, I have no idea what was going on with Kyrie. How can both things be true? Well, they, they probably were talking about their futures, but there is a possibility that Kyrie Irving didn't tell him that he was going to go request a trade to the Brooklyn Nets. That, that still is a possibility. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, why would Kevin Durant come out and say that if it's, if it's not true? I don't, I don't take Kevin Durant as a guy that's just going to you know, sit up there and tell lies just because, like, he probably didn't know at all. And when it, when it came to him being traded to the Phoenix Suns, you're looking at that roster after Kyrie Irving isn't there. And if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm saying to myself as well, like, I, like he just mentioned, our identity is different now, that we don't have Kyrie. We don't have that Hall of Fame, that prolific score uh, beside me now to, to finish off the season. But one thing I did take out of this whole ordeal is that, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets are still in good standings, and that's probably a major reason why they were able to ship him off to Phoenix, a destination that he put on their list last year when he requested that he wanted to be traded. 
Doesn't all of that, though, speak to your first question was, why would he lie? And I don't I'm not saying he's sitting up here lying. I'm just saying that there's different there's different shades of the truth sometimes. Right. Like, uh, no, honey, I was just going there to get wings like there's different shades of the truth. Maybe you were (laughs) eating wings, but that might not have been the whole reason you were there. Who was that late? Who was that lady beside (laughs) you eating wings as well? (laughs) I'm just saying there are different shades of the truth. And through this whole process, by coming out and saying, well, I had no idea that Kyrie was going to do that. And then you requested the trade. And our identity is different. And I just didn't want to be around something I wasn't as comfortable in. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, KD looks like such an angel in this process. When it's also possible that Kyrie and KD for months have been talking about, man, this place this is dysfunctional. I hate it. I want to get out of here. Kyrie's but, like, but, I got to do it. But, but here's my thing, though. Like, they can have those conversations, right? I'm not saying they didn't have those conversations, but... There's a possibility that Kyrie Irving never mentioned anything about him going to, you know, request a trade if he didn't get his deal. Yeah, but right? it, that, that still is a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility, but like now I'm being asked to believe that the two guys that we've heard were close, very close, didn't talk about that. And I would think like if you and I have been working together on this show in a couple of years and you're thinking about going somewhere else because you're Harry Damn Douglas and you're a rock star and you can do whatever you want, I would think if you and I are sitting there talking about the future of the show, you'd be like, well, you know, I might go over to this other place. Like that's that's a normal conversation between friends that are working together. So I feel like I've been sold this bill for a long time that these two are close. And then Kyrie's saying, we're close. And, you know, we, we've been talking about our future for months. I'm just glad he got out of there. Like that little extra dig at the end of Kyrie's statement to me really speaks to the fact that like, in, in my mind, that says they've been talking about it. Neither of them are happy. And instead now it's Kyrie's the bad guy. Katie's the good guy. And he had no idea. Like that's just hard. Hard for me to take. Well, one one thing I do know about Kevin Durant is that number one, he doesn't like confrontation, especially when it comes to other mm-hmm. guys, and he's never going to tell another grown man what he should do. He's come out and said that as well. So I understand their relationship is close, but you can still be close, and the person beside you that you're close with don't tell you every detail about their life. Some things they may want to keep to themselves because they might not want to get it leaked or or anyone else to know about it. So there is a possibility that that Kyrie Irving didn't talk to him anything, say anything to him about him getting traded or going want to request a trade that that's what I'm sticking on because yeah. I, there is a possibility that 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 didn't occur and, and the more we get into this the more that I feel like something somewhere has been overblown whether it was they were never as close as we were sort of sold whether it's yeah, they, we're missing you know, something you know, like, we're missing something there from is this something, relationship like, between those guys I'm just sitting around looking at this whole thing saying okay I'll take each individual Lego that you're giving me, but I can't build a castle out of it. Like there's not, there is a missing piece in this process. Never a missing piece. If you tune in Sunday, by the way, for the 2023 NBA All-Star Game live from Salt Lake City, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. And with that being said, that means that we're about to hit the second portion. I won't say half because we're already past the half. The second portion of the NBA season, and that gives us the opportunity to play contender. Pretender. We're going to do that next. But first, Harry's going to tell you this about Vivid Seats. The basketball and hockey seasons are heating up. Go Bruins. Baseball is just around the corner. Go Braves. And nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th one free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. 
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. You know, we've got two great producers on the show, and I like to make your mom jokes to Devin whenever possible. Tell the world what you say every time I make your mom joke. Oh, come on! Rob Palenka sat down at his desk. He poured himself a nice glass of whiskey. He's taking a sip, and he's saying, man, I did the impossible today. And then all of a sudden, Devin, what did he say a few hours later? Oh, come on! See? (laughs) I'm telling you. By the way, shout out to Devin's mom, Eileen. She's a saint. She raised Devin, for better or for worse. That's all I have to say about that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry's getting them shoulder rolls in. (laughs) We're we're setting the mood on this Friday. Speaking of setting the mood, uh, you know, there's a video out there right now of me running a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, Harry, I've been taking really good care of myself this year. I'm in good shape. I'm working harder than I've ever worked before. But as you know, like I got lower back and hip tightness. So on your recommendation yesterday, you told me I needed to do some dry needling. I'm uh, I, I'm going next week. I am, They're going to they're gonna dry needle my hips in my growing area. So, like, I'm just trying to figure out, do I Instagram live this for the people? Like, do the people need to see me get dry needled for the first time? No, well, not your growing area. But I'm excited that you're doing this because as your friend – I want to make sure that you have no deficiencies. Like when, when, you're, when you're in the room and that ceiling fan is twirling around, you need to be able to jump off that ceiling fan and hold your own weight. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> make sure you get that dry needling done, my man. That's <laughs> all about, you know what, I'm just going to be like, when I'm getting the dry needling done, I'm going to look at the camera uh, as I Instagram live it, and I'm just going to say to the world one thing. I'm going to say, it's all about the ceiling fans. Uh, Excuse me. you got to jump like, off that ceiling fan. Look, you got to be able to jump off. It's a true story, but as a kid, you know, when I was in PE in elementary school, I couldn't touch my knees. And like I've gone through hot yoga and physical therapy and everything. I got to the point now where I can sort of t- like just just below my knees. But even the physical therapist after months was like, it's genetic. So I'm going to try I'm, the no, time dry needling. We'll see what that, Matt, what that no, does. No, I'm with you. I wasn't able to touch my toes until like probably my second or third year in the National Football League when I started doing yoga and stuff like that. And um, I really got into to yoga and dry needling probably my last five or six years in the NFL. And those are a few things that I wish I was doing a lot earlier in my life because it, it, it could have made me way more flexible. I sweated more doing yoga than I did practicing on the football field in 90-degree weather. I cannot wait to show the world how bendy I become. All right, so in the spirit of nothing, there's no easy transition. Uh, we're, we're about to hit the second portion of the NBA season post-All-Star break, and we figured we'd have a little bit of fun with that by taking a look at some teams and labeling them either as a contender or a pretender. Devin Q! the music it's aggressive nba music uh, uh. all right devin you're gonna give us the team and then we're gonna decide if it's a contender or a pretender and by contender we mean contender for a championship right so we're all clear here we're not just talking about a contender to go out there and sell some more tickets for a couple of playoff games so devin who you got first the philadelphia 76ers Ooh, harry what do you think 
I think they're a contender. You talk about number one, Joel Embiid being that guy, James Harden, the way he's uh, deciphering and delivering the uh, basketball to multiple guys on that roster. I think Tobias Harris is going to be a key to their team and what they're able to do. We know what Tyrese Maxey can do, but Tobias Harris being able to be that sometimes third and then fourth option for the Philadelphia 76ers, I think he's going to come through in the playoffs. But everything goes through Joel Embiid, a guy that I think is one of the greatest players uh, at, at his size. Yeah, when you have one of the best players in the NBA right now in Joel, and you have somebody in Harden that I don't really trust in big playoff games, he has oftentimes forgotten how to basketball, but he won't have to be the main focus of any of that. I trust Embiid so much that I think they can be a contender. Devin, who you got next? The Memphis Grizzlies. Pretender, pretender, and I love Memphis, Harry, like I really do. I I do a a hit every week with ESPN in Memphis. I have for years at this point. I love this team. I love the city. I love the station. I love the guys, Jason and John. I love everything about it, but they don't have a second person. Like everything is going to be all of a sudden, uh, John Moran's going to have to be he-man through the entire process of the playoff. I think it's putting too much on one guy. I don't believe that that can happen. They're a pretender for me. I'm going to go contender. (gasps) And, and I'm going to go contender with the simple fact that I think it has a lot to do with Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to understand how to play and stay on the court. He fouled out of the game recently, but that's been one of his things, his dark cloud hanging over him since he's entered the lead is he hasn't been able to control his fouling. When it comes to Desmond Bain, he's their second leader scorer right now. He's going to have to be consistent, Mr. Consistent throughout the playoffs to give them that one-two punch with him and Ja. Yeah, I, I I like where you're coming from. I just think too much lifting left to do. Devin, what you got? The Boston Celtics. Uh, I mean, this one's easy, Ooh. right? Like, Yes, it is. They're, they're a contender. Do you give them a gold start? Like, are they the top of the heap in the East for you? Because I'm still for, team Milwaukee. Me, they are. Okay. No, for me, it's, it's the Boston Celtics. And I look at the game that they just recently played against the Milwaukee Bucks where that game went in overtime and they lost that game, but they were uh, without Jason Tatum. They didn't have Al, Al Horford, nor did they have Jalen Brown. And it still took the Milwaukee Bucks to win in overtime. And yes, Giannis was playing. Drew Holiday was playing. Chris Middleton didn't play in that game. But if I have a uh, Jalen Brown list, uh, Jason Tatum list, and also an Al Horford list uh, football, uh, basketball team, there's no way that game should be going in overtime but it also speaks to the caliber team that the Boston Celtics are and shout out to Malcolm Brogdon who had uh, a hell of a game in that in that matchup as well now Giannis hurts his wrist last night uh early test on it it looks like it's a strain or a sprain depending on which report you believe so far uh but here's here's what my mindset is that I will put the Celtics, because that's who we're actually talking about here, as a contender. But the gold star for me still goes to the Bucs. I think the Bucs, frankly, it's kind of like... Well, when we're I, when not I, talking about the Bucs, so just stop, okay? okay we're talking okay, about the Celtics. Okay. Well, there we'll you get, go, we'll skipping to, over okay, the Bucs. We'll we'll we the need Bucks. the Sounders Can we, we do get the Bucs? Can you okay? hit the Bucs noise, Devin? The Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you so much. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks get my uh, gold star. Like, uh, here's the thing. I'm a really good Madden player. Like, a really good Madden player. And anyone listening, I will gladly kick your ass at Madden whenever you want. But when I am when I am indifferent towards Madden, I'm just sitting back with my feet up. Uh, maybe I've had an edible or two. I'm not really focused on it. I might do okay. Like, I, I don't really turn it on until I know I need to turn it on against an actual opponent that I care about. That's who the Bucks are right now. They're just getting through this whole season, you know, with it with a you know a tin of joy as they try and figure out what keeps them motivated. I think once we hit the playoffs, the Bucks separate themselves. They get my gold star. One thing I really like about them, I got them as a contender. They're 10-0 in their last 10 games. But for them to be uh, a, a real, real contender, Bobby Portis, uh, Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, all those guys have to be healthy. 
Yeah, well, health is always going to play a factor, but you know, I I still believe I believe so much in Giannis. I think they can be lesser and still win. One thing that the NBA is not pretending to do, and it's stupid. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 